Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to the FCPA Compliance Report. First, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You wanted to talk about something in the compliance or compliance-related field, but really had no idea how to get started? Take a listen from our sponsor, One Stone Creative. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business, and One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. In this podcast, I visit with David Children. David is the Senior Vice President at the Ethics and Compliance Initiative, ECI. We discussed ECI's high-quality ethics and compliance program self-assessment tool. It's a fabulous new tool that is available to the compliance practitioner to help understand where your compliance program is. We take a look at the underlying principles of a high-quality ethics and compliance program, the design of the self-assessment tool, the five operational areas of an ethics and compliance program, what the self-assessment tool is designed to manage, what are the four categories of reporting information for each principle. This self-assessment tool is something every compliance practitioner will want to use. Finally, the FCPA Compliance Report is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today you are in for a real treat because I have one of my favorite gentlemen in compliance and one that, frankly, I've known uh, probably about as long as uh, any other major figure in compliance. I have David Childers. He's a senior vice president at Ethics and Compliance Initiative. And we are here today to talk about uh, what I think is a fabulous new resource from ECI. It's ECI's high-quality ethics and compliance program self-assessment tool. So, David, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Uh, Tom, thank you, and uh, I appreciate the kind introduction, and I, and I feel the same way. We have known each other a very, very long time. So, David, um, as I indicated, we're here today to talk about this new self-assessment tool, This self-assessment tool helps companies uh, utilize the framework that ECI developed around high-quality programs. So I thought we might take a few minutes to review the five principles of a high-quality program, or HQP, and then from there uh, talk about the self-assessment tool. So could you take us through the five principles? Absolutely. Uh, You know, one of the things, Tom, I would share, too, is, is that, you know, there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk around how to measure your program. We spent a couple of years, maybe two and a half years, really studying this to come down to five principles. The principles are related to strategy, risk management, culture, speaking up, and accountability, what I think most people would consider to be a pillar of a good ethics and compliance program. We think about strategy as the ethics and compliance program is central to the business operations and strategy, that ethics and compliance risks are identified, owned, managed, and mitigated in the same way that organizations look at other aspects of their ERM program. 
that leaders at every level level of the organization, one of the things that ECI's research has shown is that managers and supervisors have an amazing amount of influence in an organization. So we really look at leaders at all levels across the organization to build and sustain a culture of integrity. The organization itself encourages, protects, and values the reporting of concerns and and suspected wrongdoing. Uh, And last, the organization takes action and holds itself and the people in its organization accountable when things go wrong. So uh, I had the opportunity to review the self-assessment tool. It's very comprehensive and, frankly, I think uh, quite innovative. So I was wondering if you might uh, give us a few words about the design of the self-assessment tool and really what it's uh, uh, designed to measure, David. Yeah, no, thanks. So, you know, it's one of those interesting stories, Tom, in the fact that, you know, uh, I've been building software for a very long time, and the reality of it is, is the elegance that you talked about and the the complexity of, or, or the comprehensive nature of it. The reality of it is, it's a fairly complex piece of software, but for the participant, it's only 107 multiple choice questions, and it takes less than 30 minutes to complete. And the... Um I guess, uh, what is it designed to measure? Uh, Is it simply the five principles, or does it take a deeper dive to allow a a more richer uh, assessment? No, Tom, it's, it's, as I said, it's a fairly complex thing. The HQP assessment measures program maturity based on the five principles. Uh, A combination of questions are, are created to look at the 27 operational components that have been identified in the HQP measurement white paper that's on our website. And then it also looks at more than a hundred different program practices and combines all of those measurements back to be able to give you a a fairly, I want to say simplistic, but, but very telling way to be able to look at how your program's maturity can be measured. So, David, there is, uh, I'm going to call it a white paper. I'm not sure if that's the right terminology, but there's a a fabulous resource that I'm going to call a white paper, which is entitled the uh, HQP HQP Measurement Framework. And frankly, this has uh, just a wealth of information for the compliance practitioner, not only the five principles and detailed information about the five principles, but really uh, a set of additional uh, materials for every compliance practitioner to consider in their own program and uh, how to use the information and perhaps then uh, move to uh, leading practices. And I was wondering if you could just detail the supporting information that's available in the white paper and how a compliance practitioner might be able to utilize that. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. So let me take a half step back for a moment because this all began Um, really began four years ago when ECI convened a blue ribbon panel of experts, um, legal experts, fining authorities, a number of of, uh, court-appointed monitors and practitioners to really talk about 
the essence of an ethics and compliance program. That really created the five principles. After we had those five principles, a working group from the from ECI worked for over a year, and these are uh, well-established some practitioners for some you know, Fortune 50, Fortune 100 companies with a lot of experience talking about what to measure, what to consider, how to look at uh, an ethics compliance program. That process was so uh, telling that we ended up doing two rounds of of open dialogue to the industry, asking for feedback and commentary. And we took all of that. And then we combined it into another white paper, which is also on our website, that we presented to the Department of Justice, asking them to review the way in which we believed that the HQP could be established, that an organization could actually demonstrate uh, the value of their program and really wanted to have the DOJ's feedback on that. And they were very excited about the direction that we were going because the, the value of an ethics compliance program or the quality of an ethics compliance program goes a very long way to helping mitigate if you're in a, in a difficult situation. So what that all ended up providing back is a, is a, a bevy of, of information around what you can measure and review uh, what questions as an ethics compliance professional you should consider asking of yourself or your team as you begin to look at your ethics compliance program, where there are sources of information available associated with the various practices, whether those are regulatory best practices associated with some of the case law that, that has come out of this, and then ultimately looking at the practices, the leading practices that illustrate um, high quality programs. One of the things I really like about the, um, the HQP maturity uh, white paper that you talked about was, is that it talks about things that if your program is doing well, these are things that you should hear from your stakeholders. These are, these are clues that you have a, a really solid program. And then we also talk about things that potentially that you don't want to hear. And one of the things that we're doing right now, because as I said, this is a lot of information, we've actually created a deck of cards uh, that we'll be handing out at uh, our impact uh, conference this year to really help people digest this material in more of a fun way because some of those questions are there and we felt like a deck of cards might be a fun way of being able to do that. David, you brought up a really interesting point which led to uh, an area I wanted to explore with you and that area was how a compliance professional might use that assessment. But now let me take a step back and talk about your remarks on the Department of Justice. Uh, probably most of my listeners are uh, familiar with uh, the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program, and this self-assessment fits directly into the hallmark of ongoing monitoring by a company is mandated to monitor its own program and then remediate or improve as appropriate. But also, from the Department of Justice's perspective, they continually ask us, how can you demonstrate your program is effective? 
So if a company finds itself embroiled in an FCPA investigation or in front of the SEC or DOJ, they have to be able to present solid factual data that the program is effective. And this uh, maturity uh, model or, or, excuse me, assessment would help a company first see where uh, – if their program's effective, if not, what are the deficiencies? And three, with the information presented in the uh, framework, help a company to understand what they need to do to move towards having an effective program. So it seems to me that uh, a compliance practitioner can use this really in a variety of ways uh, from literally sitting at their desk, kind of working to to see where our program might be, benchmarking, but it if a regulator comes knocking, uh, they certainly have uh, the data to demonstrate effectiveness. Well, uh, you, you know, Tom, we agree with that completely. It's one of the reasons that we built it. I think there are a couple of things that that build on what what you're talking about. One is is the fact that this is a fairly uh, non-invasive way. I mean, as, as you know from taking it, this you know this survey doesn't take long to do. The information that you gain from it is quite telling. Um, so the opportunity to be able to do this throughout a year or over a period of time as you're as you're making changes to your program is also something you can hold because it creates a, a great baseline for improvement. The other thing that that we're already starting to see from some of the the data that's coming from this is the fact that there is actually a a template if that's a if that's a reasonable word to use for different industries uh, you know from from your work uh, and your experience that in some cases uh, based upon the risk profile of an organization. Um, you may not need to be at 100% of the capacity for an ethics and compliance program. You know, 70% may be more than justified in being able to do that. Some of the things that we're seeing in the, um, in the, the data that's beginning to come in from the HQP assessment are a number of areas where industries have settled on a, on a value, and that is very telling back to the DOJ as well, so that they're not comparing all programs the same, because we all know that everybody's program is somewhat different. Uh, and then the other thing is, is that it's also beginning to show us some of the areas where compliance programs may, based upon a number of factors, be difficult to actually uh, reach a level of of, of optimization, uh, and so that's exciting for me because it just opens up a, a, another realm of research for us to move into to look at how we might be able to help organizations get over some of those hurdles and move to a higher level uh, of optimization. So within that. Um context, David, how is ECI going to try and use uh, this information going forward? And perhaps I should even begin with, how could a compliance practitioner avail himself of both uh, the information on the framework and the assessment? Well, the 
the interesting thing is, Tom, is, is that the maturity model is built on five levels, uh, and it's based on a zero to 100 point scale with the lowest level being underdeveloped and the highest optimizing with defining, adapting, and managing being somewhere in the middle within that. The nice thing about it is, is that if you go back into the areas that we talked about in terms of the illustrated practices, the, the, the different areas of measurement, it makes it very easy for a compliance professional to look at their program, make the assessment, and then begin to look at the areas within their program that they could potentially improve, areas that they're doing very well in, that they might be able to emulate, um, but it gives that practitioner a great opportunity to work through that. Our goal within that is to gather this information and do what we have done for, for more than two or three decades, is really work with our, our member organizations to, to begin to take a deeper dive into the things that this is telling us. We know that the HQP maturity model isn't a score or a test. It is a fact that, that compliance programs are constantly on a continuum. Risk factors are changing. Uh, it is, as you mentioned earlier, the, the responsibility of an organization to constantly assess and make sure that their program is meeting the risk needs of their organizations. So we're not looking at this as a score. We're looking at this as a way that we can help organizations continue to mature and improve and be able to demonstrate to the DOJ or to their own organization's leadership uh, the effectiveness that they've reached or maybe the need for investment to be able to, to further improve their department. So, David, you uh, hinted at uh, the impact 2019 I was wondering if you might be able to give us a few words about not simply Impact 2019, but specifically what the information uh, that we are able to determine in this assessment, uh, how it may be used or at least presented at Impact 2019. So, Tom, at, at Impact 2019, we have we have really focused the entire event on the the potential benchmarks that are uh, uh, that are available within the uh, HQP assessment. Every, uh, what we would normally have called a breakout session in the conference is actually a benchmarking session. Um, we're encouraging people to send more than one person to impact this year because those benchmarking sessions will during those sessions, the participants will receive information that we're gleaming right now and beginning to create those uh, benchmark measurement tools, abilities for people to be actually be able to overlay their program against some of these benchmarks and begin to take away from this program opportunities that they can improve their programs and and also in some ways to be able to go back and be proud about the way that their programs that are developed today. So David, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time today, but I was wondering uh, where our listeners could go for more information on both uh, the framework white paper we've talked about, uh, HQPs, and uh, the assessment tool. 
Yeah, Tom, everything is on our website, which is www.ethics.org. Uh, there is a large section within the, obviously within the HQP. Um, all of the documents that we've discussed are there. They're free to the to anyone that comes to our website. Uh, they can download those. Uh, the HQP assessment is free to anyone who is attending. Um, uh, is anyone who's attending the impact conference and Tom, we've also made some of that available to you. Well, thank you very much for that, David. This has just been a fascinating exploration of a really uh, innovative tool that I hope uh, the compliance professionals listening will avail themselves of. Uh, frankly, I can't uh, wait to see the results and where, uh, see where ECI may be able to take it down the road. And I hope we can continue this conversation. Yeah, Tom, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. I hope you will check out the ECI High Quality Program Assessment Tool. Once again, it's a fabulous resource. We're going to link to it in the show notes and also link to the upcoming ECI Conference Impact 2019, where I will be uh, discussing this tool, the self-assessment tool on a panel, and there'll be a plethora of other workshops, and keynote addresses directly related for the compliance practitioner. I hope you plan to join me. Once again, thank you again for listening, and I hope you'll join me next week for another episode on the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.